Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Community FC. We've got another episode of the Roundup Review coming for you. This is going to be episode four of season three. We're going to get some weird and wonderful timelines again of games being cancelled, all sorts of stuff. And it's, you know, it's only the bloody international break next weekend. But anyway, we'll, we'll carry on. So uh, introducing my constant co-host, always Rich. How are you doing, mate? Very well. Thanks for having me as always, mate absolute pleasure as always to have you so um obviously there wasn't a full set of fixtures this week um because of everything that has happened uh with queen elizabeth um so we kind of kind of talk about the games that have happened and we're going to talk about um some interesting topics today and, and everything's kind of based around form this week um as you'll see from the episode title it's called finding form we're going to talk about the good the bad and then well the ugly but the very bad of uh certain teams so um let's let's just dive straight in so i'm going to let you go uh and uh, we would have talked about him briefly but i think it's worth mentioning again we're going to start off with brendan rogers of leicester city now what has this guy got to do to get sacked what sort of pictures has he got over the owners because <laughs> honestly absolutely shocking uh results so far uh topped off by this weekend's loss 6-2 to to tottenham and by all accounts you know, it seemed like they were in the game up until that 2-2 part, you know. Uh, and then, yeah, just capitulated alongside Son's apparent ability to find form out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Um, one one draw out of seven, six losses. Um, this is not the team that you thought they were going to be. Um, however, your boys at Community FC here did... did did think this might happen, what with mm-hmm. their, their transfer window they had, you know, yeah. spent very little money um, this window. I think very little money last January. And if I remember rightly, there wasn't a lot of money in the, the some of the uh, some before that. Key players have left and haven't been replaced. Um, and you can see now um, exactly how it is. There are 22 goals they've conceded in seven games. That's, that's shocking. And that's coming from a Southampton fan. Yeah, you know that's as absolutely shocking. Um, I mean, what else is is there to say about it? Uh, I think Brendan Rodgers is a is a good manager. I personally don't think he's received the backing of the mm-hmm. board. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact he hasn't received any sizable transfer funds uh, is 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 the problem here. He's not been able to reinvest in the team. However, that might be the only reason he's still in a job with his uh, ten million pound buyout clause of his contract um so i don't know there is a, there's definitely a problem here at leicester i didn't think they were down as a you know a skint club i thought they had a bit of cash um it might be that the season or two they're in the champions league um and europe consequently uh that money they're missing now it's it's an interesting one. I'm glad you highlighted a few things I wanted to say. So as much as most people might expect me with the club I support and everything else with him being linked uh, to be my manager might uh, might have different opinions. I actually do believe Brendan Rodgers is a good manager too. I think he's he, he's proved he's he's 
not a good manager when it comes to a final that has been you know ne- not necessarily been very good recently uh you know he did do you know like he's he has had some success recently and you know um but at, at times he's kind of bottled a lot of finals with big teams which is why i think he doesn't take that extra step into coming into a, a top six club again uh, but i definitely think he is premier league quality but I, I i do agree with you i think it's the backing and as you've said they they backed in the past and then they've just been losing key players but when you're selling players like if you're selling Fafana for nearly 80 million pounds you do have money so either in january they're spending you know an, an awful lot of money or you know even at the last last i know i know that deal was super late on but come on like surely you had a list and then could throw something out there or something but you're you're drowning and, and you're you're being saved almost and not like not safe you're still losing you know what is it seven games one point like it's awful but like you're lucky that you've still got likes of Tillman's likes of Madison the likes of those people that you thought were going to leave for Newcastle and Arsenal and places like that are still there and still getting goals but you know he's being forced you know when they were playing um Indeedy at centre-back he's not comfortable he's that he's leaking goals and I'm pretty sure that um the Leicester keeper situation. Obviously, there's there's two that work in contention to be number one at the beginning of the season. Uh, one has taken over at the moment and is seemingly not to be dropped, even though he's conceded a lot of goals. His um like shot could um sh- like saving conversion is horrendous. I, I can't I haven't got the stat on me. I can't remember off the top of my head, but it's like it's it's more than fifty percent of the uh, shots that is taken against him go past him, and that is like with with a defense that's leaking anyway. That's just it's it's not good enough from Leicester, but. As he said, I don't think he's been back, but I, 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 I can't see how he stays. Like you're, you're that bad, you know. You're people that were quoting all sorts of crazy uh, numbers for you know where they'd finish in the table this year, <laughs> and you know now they're absolutely rock bottom. No sign of hope at the moment. They've just been battered by the biggest um, deficit from the season. And something has to change. You've seen already this season, as it gets earlier and earlier every year, managers being changed and and switched around. Surely it's time for Brendan to go, have six months, have a year out, and then come back when you're going to be needed again, and you will be. It's just a fact. Yeah, I think the other question here is is how are the players about Brendan Rodgers? Because Mm -hmm. I know for a fact that he has got some depth in there. The fact that he's playing Indeedy at centre-back when he has got the likes of Yannick Vestergaard. Um, now we all know how I feel about Yannick Vestergaard. Um, however, give him a chance. Mm. If this is what the rest of your squad are, are doing, then Vestergaard can't be that far out. On his day, he is a good player. Um, so I don't know why he has to make such a, a makeshift defence when he has got defenders in the squad who would probably itching for a chance. Yeah. And I think I did see a report where Vestergaard came out and said, "Like, I just don't know why I'm not getting a chance here yeah. because obviously we can see what." The first team are doing so you know what give youngsters give Vestergaard give the people who sit on the bench give the people who are you know not even in that squad on match day give them a chance because honestly they can't be any worse oh exactly yeah what, what have you got to lose like you, you're either going to be sacked and you still are likely to be sacked and if it's just the money they don't want to pay but again we'll go back to the Fafana money you definitely have the money to pay Rogers off and get a new manager in and that's what a lot of people are saying they think a fresh managerial strategy a fresh face and, and pull that squad together they could finish mid bottom half of the table and, and claw up or even get higher but at the, at the sorry at the moment nothing's changing and that that that's just the key factor for them um We'll move on. Um, obviously, we could talk about Rogers for a lot, but it's, it's a really interesting situation, but baffling at the same time. And I'm very interested, especially the fact it's a 
international break, normally that's never good for a manager either because there's more time to find and replace, isn't there? Fire and hire. Yeah. So anyway, we'll move on. So um, the, the big topic we want to talk about, there's one we're going to touch on at the end, but the big topic for this episode, as I said, is form. So we wanted to touch on um, some teams that are doing really well and, and some teams that are not doing so well and some that may be picking back up as, as it's fairly early on in the season, but that we're seeing some interesting trends. So um, I'll kick off um, on one team. So I think Arsenal are an interesting one. Obviously, they have been very good, you know, still top of the Premier League, um, which, you know, Arsenal fans will love to tell you about, even though some teams may not have played again. Um, hold on to it for as long as you can. It's not going to last. And, um, I, you know, they, they've picked up form again. I think um, Brentford have been a really tough team this season um, and they, they've looked really solid and played very well defensively. Um, obviously got torn apart really uh, on, on the weekend Arsenal looked really really good um, and, that, and that's a testament to Arsenal not against uh, not a bad thing for Brentford because they as I said they have been really good this season so Arsenal picking up where they kind of left off um, obviously much to my happiness um, obviously we dented their record um, the, the game before that but I do also think Arsenal haven't been tested by the toughest teams yet so I think there is still more to find out about this team when when the going gets really tough. Yeah, and this was exactly the point I was going to make. Um, uh, and to be honest, when we talk about some of the other teams as well, I will make a very similar point. Mm -hmm. The only big game that Arsenal had against was against United, mm -hmm. and they lost. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm not surprised to see Arsenal sitting where they're sitting, considering the calibre of opponents that they have faced so far. Yeah, I think that's fair. And, and considering the the form they carried off pre-season and all that stuff with the signings. So uh, over to you. You got a team you want to throw in there? Uh, any good or bad? Doesn't matter. Go. Yeah, you go. Um, let's talk about Forest, mm -hmm. actually. Because, oh God, I love being right. Um, and I'm feeling so right uh, about Forest. This is what happens when you buy 25 new players. The Fulham syndrome, even though it's not Fulham. <laughs> like, I don't know how many times I had to tell this to people all throughout preseason, all throughout the first few weeks of the season. It's not going to go well. You need to come up and have a core of players mm -hmm. and stay with you for a season or two as you acclimatise to the Premier League. Um, on paper, Forrest have got a bloody good squad. But that doesn't always translate into the real world. And I think you're seeing that now. Uh, one win in seven, five losses. Uh, I think 17 goals shipped. It's not where you need to be, uh, to be honest. And I think all of those fans football managers who put Dean Henderson in their squads thinking he might be a good, uh, good cheap bet have uh, regretted it. Cause I know I certainly did. I think um, um, it's, it's it, like, as, as you said, like it wasn't going to work. And I, the only thing I will say for them is they, well, I'll caveat twice, but they do they do look better this weekend when they played Fulham. But I actually think, and I'll, I'll go on to Fulham in a second, but I actually do think that was more to Fulham being sloppy than Forrest being good. And again, it was against another kind of newly promoted team. So yeah, Forrest needs some serious, serious talks uh, with their players and their staff. And we said this before, exactly. It's a spine. You need a spine that's going to be week in, week out, and then you can change some bits. Then you can do this, but that we said it was all about gelling and if, if the new players didn't start gelling together and he hadn't picked his team which he hasn't because he keeps changing it lots and players that you're expecting to play more like Jay Lings and stuff not happening so it's I don't know but I'm going I'm to move on to Fulham unless you've got anything else on, on Forest you want to chat about no no we can move on so Fulham are 
I think the most surprising team we're going to talk about uh, on 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 the uh, the episode today because I don't think after seven games anybody was expecting Fulham to sit here and be sick. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, when I look at the results list that Fulham's had, you you, you think actually to be fair, it's fair. Um, they are maybe winning where they should be winning. Mm-hmm. Um, but they have, and also losing where they should be losing. Obviously, lost to Arsenal, lost to Tottenham. However, picking up a point uh, at Liverpool mm-hmm. is fantastic, and squeaking a win against Brighton is also very good. Mm-hmm. So, I do think that it won't last. Yeah, you know, sorry to any Fulham fans. My mother-in-law is one of them. Um, I, I don't think it will last. I think it will catch up with them eventually. Yeah. As we see every season, there is one promoted team that surges mm-hmm. and then drops back down. And I think that's going to be Fulham this season. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. But I guess in that same um, vein, that if they do do that trajectory, then they'll stay up, which I guess is their ultimate yeah. goal for the season 100%. anyway. And you know what? I like Fulham. I'd love for Fulham to stay up. I, I used to love them back in the day with you know Clint Dempsey on FIFA. Um, so I, I would absolutely love Fulham to stay up. I think they've been a yo-yo team for the last few years and I think they deserve a little bit of stay in power. Mm-hmm. I'd much rather see them in the league than some other teams. Yeah, uh, and, I, and it, it seems like uh, they will. I'm going to go for I'm going to go for another another pro form at the moment. I think um, City are just looking back to their normal absolute dominance. Obviously, they've dropped way more points than people thought they would at this time of the season. But when it's really started to rack up and count, they just are just dominating again and, and the game which against Wolves everybody was thinking there wouldn't be many goals they were thinking a one niller you know they're they're a really tough team to get goals past at the moment Wolves but honestly City didn't even look like they were getting out of second gear like they literally won cruise control they did what they needed to do could have been more um and it's it's just same old same old they they roll on yeah I think um the the two draws they picked up I think you would probably attribute them more to the other teams playing well. Yeah. Rather than City, maybe. And maybe the Villa game, the City were a little bit lax, a little bit lazy, perhaps. Uh, but certainly the Newcastle game, I think Man's, Newcastle played really well. Probably one of the best games I've seen mm-hmm. Newcastle play. Uh, and it was City's game to get back into, which they did. Um, I think that they, they, they're just going to keep on scoring. Haaland is just going to be in absolute free form this season and yeah i mean it is all it is i mean i we we both said people were ridiculous by thinking he wasn't gonna immediately perform i wasn't so sure that he would be golden boot you however did instantly just say that and it looks like that is absolutely going to be true but we just knew and i've I've said against some things put harland into any team in any system he's just a machine he'll find a way and it's just yeah. the hunger and the athleticism and everything that gets him in that box more than any other player and you watching him you can just see it and that's what's just so scary like even in the championship his league game when he's doing these outrageous like kung fu kicks but you see you've seen it before when he was in Dortmund it's he, he just any body part he needs to get to the, the ball to knock it in that's what he's gonna do he's one of those really rare strikers that he's technically I'm sure he's got something in his locker but that's not why you why you buy Haaland yeah. you know he's quick but he's not the quickest he's strong mm-hmm. but he's not the strongest but what he has that uncanny ability is scoring Whatever you throw at him, however you throw it at him, it'll go in the in the back of the net. And he's one of those players who literally could score just by like letting it bounce off his ass. 
You know, I, I would not be surprised if that's the kind of goal that we see Haaland score because it doesn't matter what happens, it, it's going to hit the net. Um, and those players are very rare and they're worth their weight in gold. Yeah, the money that was paid. I mean, again, rival shouldn't want to like watching him play, but I've loved watching Haaland play since, you know, Dortmund yeah. and before. And, you know, obviously there was a very easy link for him to come to United. It nearly happened and then he didn't, which was extremely disappointing. Um, I also will say a nice story I saw from him as well. Um, I don't know if you saw this on the weekend. There was loads of, I think it was this weekend's game when all the players were throwing their training tops um, at whoever it is that's picking them up. And Harlan was the only person, and they were like getting him on top of his head and saying, like, Harlan's the only person that actually goes over and just gives him his shirt. Like, like an actual human being as well. He just seems like such a nice guy as well. Like he just seems like a, a nice person. Do you know, he he seems like um uh the the chap from Ted Lasso. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember his name. Uh, is it Danny Rojas, mm-hmm. the, uh, the the Mexican fella who just loves to play football? And he's so nice, and all he wants to do is score goals. And that's what I see from Haaland. And I think the fact that he loves football is really what gives him an edge over anyone else. And which is why I guess um, Liverpool might be ruining a little bit spending all that money on Darwin Nunes. Yeah, we need to see a lot more out of Nunes. Um, just on that, congratulations to really off topic, but we both love Ted Lasso. Congratulations on all the Emmy wins. And uh, don't forget, as Danny Rojas would say, football is life. Um, <laughs> so um we will move on um who else have got in fact you mentioned there was a Newcastle was a really really interesting one to me um because obviously big Saudi takeover lots of money being thrown around uh thought they might actually spend more and get small players like we mentioned for like Madison etc um didn't um but actually their form isn't what people were expecting at all, especially from someone thinking, you know, lots of their fans thinking they can get into, you know, that European slots, even if that's the Europa Conference League. But from the last five games, it's four draws, one loss. I mean, why don't people listen to me? (laughs) You know, it's almost like I haven't been following this sport for 30 years. Every, Every time this happens, it doesn't take, it's not instant. Teams don't get an injection of cash and then instantly become amazing. This isn't football manager. You have to build things over, uh, over, over, over a period of years. What Newcastle did this summer was very sensible. And actually, I applaud them. I gave Newcastle a lot of stick last season for getting the money. But what, the way that they've managed this summer has been fantastic because they've made, all right, not so small, but they've made some really key signings, but not too many. Not enough to rock the boat, mm-hmm. not enough for them to say, uh, you know, to, have to do what Nottingham Forest are doing at the moment, where they have a whole new squad that hasn't gelled and won't play well together. But they've made some really key signings. Um, it's no surprise to me that they've got four draws and one loss, because realistically, look at the quality of this league. Everyone is a good team. And I, I think Newcastle previously were not a good team. Mm-hmm. The signings that they've made so far have arguably put them on a similar level to teams around that area um again it is still early on it is still early on in in the season uh you know we'd like to see what happens when you know christmas where form starts to dip for a lot of those teams teams that have just come up might start to struggle a little bit we've got a world cup coming up we'll see what injuries are like from those players we've got uh, again african cup of nations again um, you know, there, there's, there's definitely going to be some some injuries and some uh, and some stuff like that to contend with. Do Newcastle have squad depth? I'm not sure they do. 
Well, I think uh, also on that point, I think that's what's affecting them currently. And actually, I do think they might end up doing what you don't want them to do and spend more in January because it, it seems like as soon as Bruno is injured for them and say maximum, they then have suddenly gone off the boil. Like they've, they've shored things up with their, their defensive purchase. And I think that's what they were really needing because they were awful at leaking goals. Um, so, you know, Pope, um, Burn, you know, Trippier, these are great signings for them. But I think it's, um, yeah, I think it's going to take a lot to, to get some more attacking flair in them that's going to be able to uh, get them. Obviously, the one that, the big elephant in the room that people, probably people are screaming at is right now, obviously, Isaac is going to be huge for them. And don't get me wrong, super talented. I think he's going to do absolute bits. You know, I was excited when he was coming to the league anyway, you know, could have come to United, could have come to Arsenal the last couple of years as well, um, since he was kind of picked up at an international level, doing so well for Sweden. So it's, um, yeah, really exciting for that. But I do think they're missing those players big time and, and, and that's really affecting their form. But again, as you said at the beginning, be more realistic, Newcastle fans. I think next year you might achieve it, but for now it's a building process of getting on to, you know, getting on to the next step, getting close. Maybe you're looking for 12th to 10th. Next year, you're trying to break into that Europa Conference League slash Europa League spots. It's one of them. Um, I think, well, who, who else have you got to talk about? I mean, I have, well, I've got two more to talk about in positives and two more negatives. So we go positives. Um, yeah. I think um, one really easy one for me to talk about, again, I'm not going to say much on it for once, actually, is my, is my team, United, you know, uh, obviously they didn't play this weekend because of um, fixture issues. Uh, I'll try not to say too much about the weekend, but it still baffles me that United lead is cancelled, but Brentford, Arsenal in London takes place. Anywho, we'll carry on. Um, but obviously, I played, played a game less, but currently, you know, four unbeaten for United. And after the, the ridiculous start, everybody was, you know, having it all. And then obviously, we made some extremely big signings. And I think we're really looking like a, a squad again. And, and as I said last time, hopefully, top four's back on. Nice, easy one. Um, Spurs, um, obviously, we, we touched on it, but, you know, 6 2. And I, I think it's just really important that Son's firing again. That could be absolutely huge for them. And that and, and that duo again that have the record, Son and Kane, if they start working together again, could get really dangerous. And then maybe my third place Spurs looks actually decent prediction in the beginning, uh, if not. Um I mean, do you want to talk about some of, and, and do you want to talk about some of the, the the lesser ones? I know before you kind of mentioned on, on text you want to talk about um West Ham in particular. Yeah, um another really interesting situation. And I think if you if we're looking at the league now, um, the one big surprise well, there's a couple of surprises actually, mm-hmm. um, but the, one of the biggest is West Ham. Um, and actually, because with Leicester, you can see why they're there. Yeah. With Forest, you can see why they're there. I can't quite see why West Ham are there because no. it's not like they've lost anyone key. You know, they've kept hold of the likes of Declan Rice, Suchek, Fornals. Mm-hmm. Um, they've uh, reinforced. They've got Skamaka in. Um, and he was a player that I was actually very keen to see come to the South Coast. So um, it, it's been very interesting. I, I I can't put I can't put my finger on why they're in the position they're in, um, but they just don't seem like the same team that they were the last couple of years. I don't know whether that means that maybe David Moyes has has lost the dressing room a bit. Mm. But then again, when you see the players, they look like they're all playing for him. It, it doesn't. It doesn't scream at you know you don't when when a when a manager loses at the dressing room you do hear on social yeah. media the rumours about it and you've not really heard anything of that sort from the camp so yeah it's an it's, it's an interesting one the only the only one that maybe is playing on some players' minds is I know that um 
David Moyes obviously came out and said that they basically tried to sign every player under the sun and nothing came came well for them over the summer, mm. um, apart from the Skamaka one late on. But I just so maybe that's affected some people. But I just think, as you said, it's hard to put a put a finger on what's gone wrong. But then again, the West Ham I didn't watch all of it, but the West Ham Everton game was the worst game of the weekend by a mile. So I'm just like it's it's one of them, isn't it? It's it's wait and see. But yeah, simply, I don't I don't know whether maybe the fact that they've got your uh, Europa Conference League at the moment is probably. Yeah taking its toll on them we might see their form pick up I certainly don't expect them to be in a rele- in no. relegation fight towards the end of the season but I also don't see them finishing anywhere near they did the last few seasons not a chart and that, they look that's a great that's good news for you Newcastle fans out there because that does mean there's one, one more less. place up for grabs yeah um, and the, the other team I just want to quickly highlight is uh, is Liverpool um, and actually I feel like um, I feel like well I've seen this coming for a little while and I definitely think that that Liverpool defence now has is feeling a little bit more fraudulent mm-hmm. um, and I think I've been saying it for a little while that Trent Alexander-Arnold is phenomenal going forward but he cannot defend for Toffee he is te- a terrible defender uh, I, I'm sure you've seen all the videos um, showing his, uh, his tracking back in, in recent losses, just non-existent. And I think the same for, for Robertson. I think he's phenomenal going forward, which is absolutely great when nine times out of 10 Liverpool have been on the front foot. But I think now teams are starting to learn how to play uh, Liverpool a bit more. Um, and I think Van Dijk has been, been found out. He's on fraud watch at the moment. I've been saying it for years. He's a really good defender because what he does is he forces his uh, centre-back partner to make the first challenge. And then he mops up which means his dribble pass ratio is outrageous because he's always there to just mop up, put a foot in. He's quick, he's strong, he can make he can make those challenges. But in a one-on-one, yeah, I think it's 50-50 with Van Dijk. I, I don't think he is as good as everyone says. Yeah, and I think, I think uh, again, I, 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 normally I like to be like, let's, let's quench your your craziness a little bit but actually I don't think I think it's well founded at the moment like I was saying oh you know they'll come good they'll come good I still think they will at some point but maybe not to the level that people are expecting to maybe they're going to go back to a bit more of a a step back Liverpool rather than a a top two Liverpool and I, I just think that yeah Robertson's been basically non-existent Trent has been highlighted because he's been terrible and so is Van Dijk and you know that midfield or the non-existence and lack of a midfield is putting more pressure on the defence so they're getting exposed and that's you know they're, they're not standing up to that pressure of the challenge at all like they're just being exposed more like you know everyone and I always say this like I think it's pretty crazy that people have put Van Dyke as the best of, you know, best centre back of all time in the Premier League. Like, I don't agree with it. I, I, I think he's phenomenal on his day, but I don't think he's ever. This season, he's not even top ten defenders. Like, it's he's criminally not awful this season, and not a chance. I just, yeah, I think it's bonkers, and that's gonna like honestly really affect his his reputation as a, as that player. The more he gets exposed this season, the more that is you're going to see people's Premier League all times change again, I think, by the end of the season. is is, is not not surprise me at all. Um, yeah. I mean, there's one more that you, you can absolutely gloss over if you would like to, but um, I don't know whether you want to talk about them or not, which is uh, the team on your shirt. No, we can talk about them um, for sure. And I think I've been fairly clear with my stance at the moment on, on Ralph Hasenhutl. I think it's time to go. I do. Um, you know, I can't fault the man for his passion and his love for the club. But come on. I, I, fortunately, 
I was uh, I was away, I was away this weekend, so I didn't uh, manage to watch the uh, the Villa game. But mm-hmm. from from what I hear, it was awful football, and from both teams, um, the the margin of uh, victory for Villa was that they were slightly less awful than we were. So um, look, the man doesn't play his best team, and I can't understand why. You know, we've seen. Uh, since Lavia's been injured, and I think that's where we've noticed the real difference is that mm-hmm. workhorse in, in the middle there. I think Prousey has been awful this season. Um, maybe there is uh, pressure on his head. Maybe it's a case of you know he's got an England call up, so he didn't want to you know do that extra extra fifteen percent in case he got injured. Something scuppered his England chances. I don't know what's going through his head, but the last few games he's been non-existent pretty much there um you've got Diallo stepping in who I just don't think is good enough when we've when we've got Ainsley Maitland-Niles on loan why are we not playing him he's he's an experienced Premier League player I think he'll do the job a lot better than Diallo will um at the same time you've got the likes of bloody El Yanusi starting over Joe Rebo. you know Joe Rebo has been absolutely quality whenever he's come on he has been phenomenal um, and I think it's criminal that he... I'm not saying that El Yanusi's been terrible. He's just okay. I think uh, Aribo has been fantastic. You've got Junepo, who, yeah, he, he started off well playing at left-back. Um, but when you, we had Sam Adozi come on and look absolutely phenomenal, um, why would we not just give him a chance? He's a young winger, he's hungry, and he looks to take players on. And against Wolves... He came on for 17 minutes and there's an app, there's a highlights reel from that 17 minutes of him taking on players, earning free kicks. Let's give him more of an opportunity. Um, so I just, I'm just frustrated, I guess, that we have these players at our disposal and clearly playing youngsters has worked for us. So I don't quite understand why we don't continue doing that and why we have to play the likes of Gineppo, El Yanusi, Diallo, when they've been given a chance over the last two or three years and they just haven't taken it. Yeah, and, and as and as it's, you know, I've kind of said to you before as well, it, it seems to be going down the same Southampton script as usual for the season, which is look positive. And actually the signings were good this summer and there was some positivity first couple of games, you know, uh, lots of highlights and then you've beaten some big teams and then you've lost against teams which you probably should be beating and it's just the same old, same old. And then, yeah, you know, Ralph making some interesting choices tactically and, yeah. you know, like it's something has to change, I think. Otherwise, you're going to be the same frustrated person you are at the end of the season as a Southampton fan. I'd love to see someone else come in and see what they can do with this with this squad. Honestly, I, I really would. I think that there's so much raw talent in this squad that realistically, there's no reason why we can't be finishing top half of the table. When every, when every single one of those players are played in their correct positions at the right time in the right place, you know, I think at that point we have a, a top half team, and there's no reason why we shouldn't be finishing top half. Um, the other massive issue here is that we knew all through last season and through the summer that we needed a striker. So, you know, I love the ambition that they went and tried to get Cody Gakpo. Mm-hmm. Love that ambition for him. But when that was apparent that it wasn't going to go through, why have you not got? a second, a third, a fourth choice. You know, you're looking to break our club record, spend £30 million on the striker. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm glad we didn't sign Brozier mm-hmm. because I really feel like that would have been an absolute waste of money for, for £30 million or £40 million, whatever Chelsea wanted for him. But come on, let's have a little bit. We're struggling for that. 
Shea Adams is he's like a ketchup bottle, you know. He doesn't nothing comes out, and all of a sudden he'll score like two or three, and then then it's got, then it goes back to nothing. Um, we need someone who has got who who is more clinical in front of goals against the Wolves game. Shea Adams handballed it on a is empty net, mm-hmm. just head it. He headed it into his hand. Shocking. So my question would be really quickly before we go on to the last subject and, and kind of wrap up would be, do you think that they're going to let him go anytime soon though? Or do you think it's the same old play? No, I think, I think he'll be gone by Christmas. Do you think he'll be the next manager? Or I think there's more before that. No, I reckon Steve Cooper will be the next manager. Bit of a rogue shout that, but I do think that. Um, Could happen. I, yeah. I think if I look at that, I, if Rogers ain't sacked yet, he ain't getting sacked. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I think Lampard might have steadied the ship. Yeah. I think uh, I think Gerard might have with that win over us at the weekends. Maybe they, just Everton and Villa. I mean, we could talk about all teams, but they've kind of yeah, they they bought themselves some time. But the jury's not out. I think is the easiest yeah. way for that one. Um, yeah, honestly, uh, looking at the way that the teams are currently performing, if it's not Rogers, I think honestly Steve Cooper might be the next one to go. They love him there. It'd be interesting. But yeah, I don't know. I could I can see Leicester doing something stupid like the first game after the international break, he loses and they sack him, even though they could use the higher and fire yeah. time. Mark that, I guarantee that's gonna be my shout. Um, right, one more really quick thing I'm gonna talk about before we finish, uh, which I think is really interesting when so we're talking on form. Obviously, we have uh Graham Potter now officially as the Chelsea manager. Um, what I want to talk to you about is where do you think in terms of form, do you think Chelsea pick up from now? And where do you think Brighton? Do you think Brighton slump as much as some people think they will? It's tough. It's tough because Graham Potter hasn't managed a team of ego like this before. Um, so I think this is going to be, uh, it's going to be a, a bit of a baptism of fire because what? First game back, Palace, then they've got AC Milan in the Champions League. Has Potter ever managed in Europe? In Europe? I don't think so. Uh, let alone Champions League. Mm-hmm. Um, again, absolutely massive stage. Team full of prima donnas because that Chelsea team is full of prima donnas. Let's 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 say that straight out. Um, it's going to be tough for him. I don't think that he is going to hit the ground running. To be honest with you, mm-hmm. I think he's going to take some time to to really um, learn his best squad. And then I think it's going to take some time for them to 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 gel to what he wants. Yeah, I, I think I think the fair a fair assessment for me is he won't yeah start straight away, but I do think he will steady the ship and get a formation that works. And I do think they'll be at least trying to challenge for the top four, but maybe finishing fifth or sixth as well. There's a fourth to sixth, I think, is is on for them. Um, and in terms of Brighton, obviously they've got the new manager um, in today. Um, I'm not sure. Again, I don't know too much about it. My nose come from. I think it's. Uh, is it Dynamo Zagreb or Dynamo Kiev, one of them? Um, or Shakhtar Donetsk? Oh, I can't remember. I've read a lot of things about the managers recently. But again, not going to pretend I know a huge amount about that manager. Um, if they think he could work, then we will see. Jury's out until it happens. Um, but I do think they do slip down and they don't get the best. I think Potter was getting the perfect out of uh, like amount out of them, and I don't think that's going to continue. But I don't think they're going to fall off as hard as some people think they will. Uh, li- listen, I... Let's put it straight. I think Potter was doing above average job at, yeah. um, at Brighton. I think he, he, with the players that he's got, I don't think there's any, I don't think that they deserve to be up that high, mm-hmm. personally. I don't, that when you look at that squad on paper, it's not as good as the other teams there above. They're not as good as Chelsea's squad. It's not as mm-hmm. good as Liverpool's squad. Um, it's, hell, it's not even as good as West Ham's squad. You know, 
there are better squads out there. Um, the question I would have is, was it Potter? Or was it the squad? I'm I'm leaning towards it being Potter, if I'm honest with you. Yeah, I think it's mostly Potter, but I guess that's the that's the a good place to end and say we will find out. <laughs> yeah, I mean the first the first game they've got he got back now is uh, he's got um, Liverpool. I mean that's a huge game. So I mean huge game. Players so. on form, we will see. Um, that's kind of it. I think we we want to talk about some form. Obviously, there wasn't any crazy crazy stories we want to talk about, but I think it's nice to touch in and see how certain teams are doing. Talk about some predictions and obviously. The, the craziness of the season in terms of managers potentially even more firings to happen in eight weeks is ridiculous in the Prem. In a few years' time, we might be seeing some first-day season firings or something ridiculous like the way we're going at the moment. Unreal. Anyway, um, I just want to say, if you've been liking this content, don't forget to uh, hit the like button, subscribe, hit the notification bell if you want to be notified um, when we have international breaks and stuff like that. You might miss some times when we're there, uh, so that notifies when you are. Uh, if you're listening on Spotify or any other kind of platform, um, follow us on there, give us a five-star rating, all that good stuff. It really, really helps us out. Um, and if you have anything to say in terms of form or any predictions, next manager fired, do you agree with Rich? Do you agree with me? Chuck them in the comments down below. We'd love to see your predictions. Um, but uh, a big thanks to Rich, obviously, uh, for coming on as always, mate. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me as always, mate. Always a pleasure. Let you get your little rant off your chest about your team. I think yeah. it'll feel it's therapeutic for you every week. It's got, um, it's got to be done, hasn't it? So uh, obviously next week there will not be a roundup review. Uh, I'm not sure if we're going to do anything. We might just take the week off. Uh, there is an international break. England are playing Friday and Monday, if you wanted to know, if you support England, obviously that is. Um yeah, and then again, games are coming thick and fast. Basically, every single week will be midweek matches as well, whether that's Europa League or Premier League fixtures or Champions League. So tons of football up until Christmas. And then obviously it's the World Cup starting in a shockingly scary short amount of time. So um, yeah, let's see what that happens. Um, have a great week, everyone. Um, um, enjoy some international break or just time off if you're not into that. And we will catch you in two weeks. Mm-hmm.